Hello and welcome to 100 Women in Insurance podcast. My name is Sandra Lewin and I am your host. I'm on a mission to make insurance a career choice, not a chance. Together with my amazing guests, we are sharing our career stories, tips and insights into work life and insurance in hope to inspire diverse talent to join and remain within the industry. The insurance profession is changing, so it couldn't be a better time to showcase the fantastic women across the insurance market. Let's jump into today's episode. Sarah, welcome to 100 Women in Insurance podcast. I am so happy you're here. And there is a another reason why I'm very happy, apart from wanting to share your story, because I think it's incredible. But the other reason is this is our first sponsored podcast. So if there was a like a fireworks that I could add now, I'll be going boo, 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 boo. <laughs> and, you know, having Send as part of the first sponsor is just so incredible. So for those who don't know who Send is, Send is an award-winning insurance software company. Its flagship product is an AI-enabled underwriting workbench, a single platform from submission to bind and beyond. The platform helps commercial and specialty insurers around the world drive greater efficiency, control, and effectiveness. It has a rich rich out-of-box functionality, workflow templates for over 40 lines of business, and proven deployment in multiple geographies. I mean, that's impressive, right? And the thing that really stood out for me when I was learning about Send is the three words, efficiency, control, and effectiveness. So for those who don't know, I'm actually a project manager in my kind of other life. And these words are words that I live by. So if there's a company out there that actually puts its values at those words, you know, and also in the AI, I mean, who doesn't like a bit of AI at the moment? (laughs) You know, it's brilliant. And the thing, and Sarah, I'm sorry, I'm sort of blabbing on, but I was just... I was so amazed when we met. We got introduced by the incredible Caroline Bedford. We met and we connected, but as well as a business, Scent, I think, is a is a great company that really gets it and gets what we're trying to do here on a podcast. So welcome, Sarah. I'm very glad you're here. For those who don't know you, please introduce yourself. Hi, Sandra. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, so I'm Sarah Sutton, and I'm Chief Marketing Officer at Send. Um, and like you, I, I'm also super excited about the partnership. Um, we are very thoughtful and deliberate about the marketing activities we choose. You know, we're a young company, um, we've got limited budget and we've got to make sure that the things we do make impact. But I knew early on when I s- started to hear the stories and your guests um, and saw the the interest, I knew that this was something we wanted to be part of. Uh, you know, we're very committed to supporting um, talented people at all levels in the insurance industry, but particularly women to get their voice heard on, you know, key topics around identity and balance and career development. Um, and I think the show is a brilliant way to bring that all together. You know, you want to make a change, so do we. And, and I think it's a really good fit. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. So, Sarah, you will know this, that we I start this podcast always with a question, Korean insurance, choice or a chance? 
complete chance. <laughs> no, complete chance. I actually didn't even realize that I'd fallen into the sector because I'd, uh, I took a role at a tech company. I, I had customer service experience and I, um, I'd been an IT project lead, um, before and I came into work at exchanging. Um, and I was excited by exchanging and the technology and what they were doing. Um, and it was only after you know, a while that I realized actually we were, we were part of a very um, significant and important sector. And uh, up until then, I, I didn't really have any awareness of it. Um, I'd been working in the West End before, so very different experience to, to being in the city. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I fell into it. Um, and, and I think like many of your, of your guests, um, gradually just fell in love with it and realized um, how vibrant and exciting and dynamic and interesting it was. Um, but the, none of the optics uh, would tell you that. <laughs> so huge PR job, huge marketing job to do still, although there are some absolute, you know, brilliant people out there forging the way, you know, at Caroline Bedford, you know, you've had Sam Ridgewell on, you know, people that are really trying to bring in, um, you know, new talent and helping to upskill and reskill the talent. Um, but I, I, I've, uh, yeah, very exciting industry to work in. And I've had multiple roles within that industry um, and have had a, have had a really strong career path, which I, I, I didn't foresee. And, and we can talk a little bit about that. Oh, we, we definitely going to go into it because, see, my next question would have started, you know, you started as an IT project manager and now you're chief marketing officer. But actually, I heard West End. So I want to start a West End. <laughs> I don't want to start. West End yeah, let's, let's start there and then go into IT. But yeah, share share your journey. And, um, you know, we'll deep dive into kind of the the, the actual changes between being in a market and coming out of market and coming back but but actually from that west end it marketing incredible so when i first came over from south africa it was early 2000 um i i grew up in a you know south africa is an entrepreneurial com- country you know very few people have got an opportunity for secondary tertiary education so you learn very quickly um skills around being able to do business and I had a small business in South Africa which we sold and I came over uh, and I had some project management experience um and I took a role working for a company that was just off Hanover Square so my first role um it was just brilliant you know i was i was er, you know i was early 20s and i was in the west end every day and i was out every night and i spent all my money and it was it was absolutely brilliant and i uh, i had a wonderful time um but i was 5 years in a company and progressed to being you know an it project lead that, that they outsourced to accenture so i had a year with accenture um and then i um then i had an opportunity to move to the customer service role at exchanging. So that was then my shift from, you know, exchanging was in the city. Um, you know, it needed to be near to the Lloyd's building. Um, and that was quite a shift for me in terms of the, um, I think, I think just the environment of being in, you know, a retail environment, uh, that's very touristy and then being in the city, which I realized actually was still very masculine and, um, and, and and actually made me show up differently. And I reflected on that much later um, that I um, I think I thought I needed to match some of that masculine energy. Um, but I only realize now, too late or much later, um, that I don't. 
Um, and it's partly why I love working at Sane because I am completely myself. And um, and but I've 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 gone through what I think a number of women have, which is uh, you adapt to the environment you're in, and there's a perception that you need to. Um, so I I was at exchanging for about 12 years it was it was a brilliant company in that it gave me lots of opportunity from when I started to I ended um a little way through um I got an opportunity to move into a marketing and comms role so that was the shift and it was largely because exchanging was acquisitive it was growing we had a number of brands that we bought in to the company um, and I had an opportunity to work with some really strong marketing leaders, mentors. So I, I didn't have a background in, in marketing comms, but I learned on the ground um, and I moved into a, a marketing and comms manager role. And then by the time I left sort of 2016, I was global marketing director for um, for exchanging. And we'd, we'd been acquired at that point um, by um, by CSC, and uh, we were working through how the two business, the two the combined businesses work together to add value to the insurance sector. Um, and then it was shortly after that that I left, and, and then that business rebranded to what we now know as as DXC. That's that's an incredible journey. And two points I want to touch there on is one is this we we often get into trajectory of a career and it's like I have to stay in the lane can't get out you've really taken another opportunity and as you say you've learned on the job and actually what an incredible growth you've had so so one of the things I often talk about is don't focus so much on well you need to have a goal kind of where you go in yes to keep on pushing but actually there could be stages in your life when you go or opportunities come your way and you're like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm quite good in that. Why don't I try it? There's nothing wrong with that change, isn't there? And I think some of that was maybe my background, the sort of entrepreneurial background where I I understood that people are chameleon-like and we can be different things. I also focused on um, that brand identity piece quite early on. So even though I had skills in one area, the brand of how I showed up in terms of the um, the effort that I put in and how people experienced me, um, I think made others in the organisation realise where else I could add value. So I I would encourage anyone who's thinking about, you know, is this is this the right path for me? While they're thinking about skills and 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 you know how relevant those need to be, I think they've got to be thinking about what's their what's their overall brand experience because that gives you the opportunity to really um to, to, to show up to show up and to show up in a way that you know you want to and um uh, and and, that, and that's really I, I've been I, I think part luck you know I put it down to luck although I know a lot of people will say you make your own luck I think it was like right place right time for, for quite a few of that but I was always known as you know hard worker and I was very loyal to the company I was very dedicated um I had lots of ideas um and and I I think I was just at you know at a point in in a company that was evolving and I was evolving and um and it was just a very it was a very good match. Yeah, I think that's that's a really yeah, there's there's certainly right place at the right time, but that you know, I, I you people always hear me say this. Um the decisions about your career often happen when you're not in a room. So when people know what you're capable of, what your desires are, then they can actually help you um get there and and as you said people knew exactly what you're capable of so it wasn't about 
what job you're doing is about what skills do you have and how can you add value, which which I think is brilliant. And and you spoke about that um, feminine energy kind of changing into when you when you came into city and it you know it is changing, but you still see it and you often see it with people who join the industry, new or returners or from other industry and. You see them come in with certain energy and then within the year you meet them and you're like, who are you? You know, where's your pink dress? Kind of, I I always make that allegation, like, where's your pink dress? Why is it, um, why you no longer wear it? And um, you've mentioned that kind of on, you've reflected on that. What were the, on reflection, what were the key lessons that kind of, if you were to come back into City now, what would you, what would you do differently? It's really easy when you're 20 years older because how I've got a lot more, um, I guess maybe it's confidence, but I've also just got, you know, a lot more um, understanding of the um, the essence of me and what I can bring. Um, but when you're younger, so in my case, I was younger. That's not the case for everyone. But I think when you're younger, it's you're impressionable. You know, you're wanting to um, you're wanting to fit in, and you're you know, you haven't worked in that environment before. So you learn by the tribe that you surround yourself with and your work tribe inevitably at that time was quite a masculine tribe. So what what I'd like to say to that younger self was like you can be true to to yourself and the um and the the energy that you bring. And um and I think it's about being bold and about being brave. And I think I think those are those are um, maybe underestimated skills, but it, it's easier, I think, when you look back and say that's what you should do. Because at the time, you know, you're 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 trying to get ahead. You're, you're recognizing that you need to um, show up in a certain way to influence people. And um, but I, but I think actually being um, if if you were being more um, true to yourself, and I've always found that very refreshing when I've met people that 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 you can you can see are extremely authentic and um don't necessarily have a mask on that is who they are um and i i know i put a mask on and i thought that's what you needed to do yeah in business and i i've realized now that um actually being much closer to who i am every day is who i need to be in business I think that's so important. I agree. So much easier to talk about it, you know, 10, 15 years into your career than when you are day one. Um, one of the advices that I've sort of had on one of the episodes is that the, the problem is with showing up with a mask on, which is exactly what I used to do, is... Um, you end up getting burned out and you, at some point, especially at the point of stress, your real person will come out. And if you're working with a client, if you're working with a service uh, partner, whatever it is, um, if you're showing up differently, you, over time, that will start clashing and actually you'll realize halfway through the project that you know match and and that's not helpful either so so kind of like that I think potentially if I've heard that when I was younger that you know if you pretend to be somebody it will actually backfire, backfire and it has um you know maybe that that would have been a shift but I agree it's so much easier to give this advice when you're a few years in <laughs> I think that's how I felt towards the end, actually, because at my time at exchanging, because we'd gone through a significant acquisition, um, I'd been the brand and marketing lead. And it 
at the time, I also had a very young daughter who um, did not sleep during the night. And yet I would still go in the next day and prop myself up. And it got to a point where I was really burnt out and something had to give. Um, and and I think it had also run its course. It was a natural point when I thought, actually, I'm going to take a break. Um, I wanted to spend more time with Bella, but I actually just wanted a break. And, um, and, and, and so it came to sort of a natural end. But I think what you're referring to there in, in, in the effort and energy that we put into um, into that business mask, I'm pretty sure that 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 probably co- that tension contributed to needing to um, to make that exit. And um, and when I did, I, I had a short break, and then I went and did something completely different. Um, and from then on, everything has been different. And um, and I think it's partly because um, I was able to release myself from from that expectation. That's incredible, and I mean, you you very nicely lead into into my next question. Um, you know, I, I often ask uh, uh, women that I speak to, you know, what's your biggest challenge? What are your top three biggest challenges? And without a fail, every single one of them within that three nails. How do I do it all? And and this this stigma really holds on, and it's been ref- I've been reflecting a lot on it because. How many men do get asked, how do you do it all? In exactly same situations as a female, right? So, but that's a, that's a societal problem. So let's park that problem. Um, but actually on your experience, you, you've touched on that. You've realized you can't do it all. And I think that for many of us, that's a hard uh, realization and a difficult point to do. Tell me a little bit more about taking the break, doing something very different and then coming back to insurance, so the, the loop has closed. Tell me more about that. So, just on your point about balance, I um, I don't think I don't think we can do it all, and I I definitely don't strive to, and I and I think it's definitely about you can't do it all the time. So there isn't a one size fits all, and I think we all need to work through sort of what is the complexity of that balance, what. What are the what does success look like for me? And that will be different for everyone. Um, what what tribe can I put around me to help? Um, you know, and how do I ask for help? How do I say no? Um, and um, how do I set realistic expectations? Um, and um, and then celebrate the small things that do work, and then you sort of reflect and adjust. So that is constant. Like your children are changing, you're changing, your job's changing, you know, everything's changing around you. So you're constantly having to check in with yourself. And I think that's 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 an ongoing process. That's part of you know how we learn and grow and show up. You know, that's that's fine. I think, but I think for me, I've just completely taken away that you know it, that false expectation of. Um, uh, being able to do it all and I think some I like to just think there'll be some days work wins there'll be some days my family wins there'll be some days my mental health wins it won't all be the same day so you know it might be and I just look at it as sort of if I look at the week or the month do I feel like that's been in balance do I feel like my year's been in balance because at any one point in the day something's got to top something else I have to I have to pause here because this is incredible. That is, you know, that is such a good point. So often I'm finishing the day and I'm going, oh, but I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. And actually, but I've achieved something else. And if it's these little mindset shifts, right? If you go, 
I I won in this. Like that is a win. <laughs> you know, I, the day everyone survived, everyone is still alive, and you exactly. know we've gone through it. And I I made it to the end of the day, and I've achieved X. It's a really really good point. And look from the perspective of a week, month, or even a year rather than a day. Um, we we can be very harsh on ourselves, isn't it? We are. I, and and I and I I look at my female friends, and I see them being very harsh on themselves and yet in a way that they 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 wouldn't be with their best friend they the the way they talk to themselves the language they use is quite different um and yet we would be very collaborative and supportive of you know anyone else so I do think there's a narrative that we need to adjust to um and and even if it's writing down the three things that you want to achieve that day and they they might be things like get your 10,000 steps in, or it might be, you know, have your, you know, have dinner with your daughter, or it it might not be the big thing of a significant work project. It might be something that helps you know you've made a phone call to your friend, or you've seen a family member, or, um, you know, and it might be you've completed a a task. But I think just thinking about the small wins um, helps us realise there is so much that we're getting right it's just not going to be right all the time. Agree. And that helps as well show up at work much more, right? Because if you are capturing sort of what you're doing well and where you're doing it, um, that just helps you focus on your work as well, rather than constantly worrying about what happens outside of work, which yes. which which doesn't help. But I really want to get back into your your and, and these are all great tips. So like I'm 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 very conscious that I'm not sidetracking us. <laughs> Because I think your story is very interesting how you've you've touched on, you know, you've made the decision to leave um, DXC and what happened then? Yeah, so I I, um, I was determined to have a break and um, someone got in touch with me that I knew from 10 years before. Um, and this just shows you about the power of a network, which you, you do not know. And I think particularly in this industry, you 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 will inevitably come back round to people that you worked with years ago. Um, someone got in touch. They wanted some strategic marketing, and I was sort of sitting on the fence. And I said, "Let me do a little bit of consulting," and it then just went from there because I had lovely opportunities to get word of mouth referrals. I didn't intend, you know, there was no you know um, big three year plan to build a marketing consultancy, but organically I got taken in particular directions, and I worked with um, a couple of people that had been at exchanging that had now gone on to other other companies. So I was doing B2B, strategic marketing consultancy, small business, big business, lovely opportunity, rebrand, product development, customer advisory board. Um, I was doing campaigns, just just really a real mixture of, um, and, and it went on and on. And I, I eventually fell into a rhythm of um, being okay with being a consultant and, um, you know, thinking about the value that I was bringing and choosing who I wanted to work with, and um, and then at the um, at the uh, end of um, two thousand and one, um, Andy got in touch with me. Andy's one of the founders of Send. He remembered me from exchanging. He'd been there, and our paths had crossed at certain times. And he said, "We've just uh, you know we've we've deployed our workbench for a really big insurer. It's great. They love it. We think we've got a product that we could market." Could you come and help us? And that started my work with Send. I was a consultant for about six months 
And then I just knew this was a company that I absolutely would be willing to move from a from a consultancy to join. Um, it's been the best decision I've, I've ever made. And um, from a marketer's perspective, it's brilliant to look at a product that's got strong product market fit, it's proven, but nobody knows about it, it's a secret. And you've then got the ability to build the brand, to generate the awareness, to build the leads, run campaigns, um, but it was working for a startup. So I'd been at exchanging for 12 years and then a consultancy. My consultancy had worked with a few small businesses. But, you know, when I came in at Send, I was number 12. You know, we were really still in, we were young and you get scrappy when you're at that stage. You have to lean in on everything. Um, and um, I had to build the marketing function. And I that's what I really loved is that I knew what good looks like. I knew where I wanted to get us to. I knew we had a brilliant product. I loved the people that I worked with. And I knew that we had an opportunity to really make a difference to this industry and transform a part of the um, the insurance ecosystem that had largely been underserved. And um, and that's why I, I came to Send, that's why I stayed. Um, and that took me back into the insurance industry. So five years out and I came back in and um, and I, here I am. That's that's incredible and and actually what what a journey as well because you can come in and out and you've tested and you've learned so many skills along the way which is why you're able to do the job that you're doing right now at send um just just in your experience because you've had an experience of working for dxc which is just you know an incredible big company and then as you said send which was startup at that time now much bigger but seeing that transition what what do you you know if there's often people kind of fighting between the two do I go to a startup or a small company that's growing um or do I go to a, a big one what are the differences in between the two from career perspective so from my perspective I think a larger company provides it provides stability so it, it provides quite extensive resources so they might have structured career development program, mentoring programs, um, the investment that they put into people. Um, I think the brand recognition of, of working within a within a big bigger company um, and then a broad range of roles where you can probably move and pivot if you wanted to. A smaller business, you know, you've got that more dynamic, flexible, agile, quick moving. Um, it's quite entrepreneurial. You'll wear multiple hats, so you'll get lots of different knowledge around different areas. Um, but most importantly, I think you can make a significant impact as an individual in a small business, um, and and uh, particularly where you can show up with creativity or innovation ideas and get them heard. But I, th I think anyone who's deciding on that, because there's, there's pros and cons to both, and I think ultimately it, when you think about your career goals, I think the big decision is the values of the company. So it's not so much about um, the aspects we've spoken about, but does it align? So not every startup business will, will align with what I want to do, you know, send does. And, and it's partly why I feel very much at home in the company and um, and I think why the company probably gets the best out of me. So I think there's an alignment on values and um, and, I, and, and it's not just that those aren't the corporate values that are sort of up on the website. It's the culture feel. It's the it's the um, how you feel on a Sunday night showing up that week about the, the work that you're going to do. And it's that bit that I think you've got to make sure really sits well with you. 
It's a it's a really interesting point because um, I used to always joke around that I'm one of very few people that is actually excited to go to work on Monday. Um, but there was a point in my career where I wasn't, and that was my first trigger. I kind of went, mm, hang on a second, I'm, I'm not looking forward to Monday. That's not a good... I'm one of those people that even looks like two-week holiday, day 10, 11. I'm like, mm, all right, I'm ready to go back. Um, but there was a point in my career where I wasn't. And I think that value piece and the culture is so critical. It's a good checkpoint that, isn't it? If you if you're listening to those signals that you're getting around, and and I, I think the way what you're experiencing now means you you are absolutely in the right place. You know, doing the work that that you love, and um and that's not. And I think it needs to consistently be because there'll be some weeks where you'll just be like, oh, this is just a really tough week and I just don't want to do it. But it's, is that how you feel every week? And is that how you feel about every meeting or every team engagement or every, you know, client interaction? So I think you've got to be alive to how you're feeling because on paper, it could make sense, you know, and it, it could just, you know, career path wise, but actually the reality is, you know, do, do, you know, how does it feel when you're there? And, and, that's the bit that I think I've always been quite alert to um, that emotional side of, of, you know, of work and checking in with myself and, and um, making instinctive decisions. And I think often we fall back on the, you know, uh, trying to make an intellectual decision, which is in part very valuable or other people might help you make that. But it, when it comes down to, you know, instinctively, I think, you know, you know what you need to do. That is so, that is so true. Tapping into your instincts, so critical. The amount of times I haven't, and I was like, oh, I wish I had. No, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Very true. And actually you touched earlier and talking about feelings and kind of perceptions, you touched earlier as well about uh, we're not particularly good as an industry marketing ourselves as a, as a great career choice. What, what do you think we could improve on? Like what, as, a, as an industry as a whole, or maybe from your experience, um, you know, what could we be telling more uh, about insurance and how? So I think there are some individuals, there's some companies who are taking this really seriously and, and are helping to kind of break down those perceived um, barriers to the industry or even just kind of negative connotations about it being, um, you know, potentially a boring, mundane, um, you know, um, uh, financial industry. But I, I think there's a there's a piece around sort of leadership commitment, so collective leadership commitment to what we're doing. Um, and then there's actions, which which I think we do see in some cases around really inclusive hiring. And I, I would challenge companies around being able to stand behind those. Um, but I think for me, um, where what gets a lot of um, focus in this industry is the commercial side. So, you know, when you're at a conference and we've got sessions where we're talking about, you know, impact around uh, to the industry, commercial impact, or even, you know, what emerging risks might mean, that's a well-attended session. We've got lots of people. And then we've got a talent session where we talk about the people and who we're going to bring. And that's a female-only panel. And there's a, a smaller audience. Now, if we can better link, so we do know, and there's enough 
evidence and there's enough um, research and reports around the benefits of bringing a diverse workforce in, if we can link that better to the commercial value and really believe and understand it, I think that's when we can, and, and see it as the accelerator. Um, and that's when I think we can get people buying better into it uh, and, and understanding more around it's not just the right thing to do, but it's absolutely necessary to drive an industry forward. And this is why I think there needs to be a stronger connection. And then I think people like, you know, Sam Ridgewell, who do a brilliant job around um, making it, there's an accessibility point that I think, you know, she she's brought um, the insurance industry out in such a vibrant way on a channel that matters to a younger community so we we've got to think about the tactics and where we where we show up um but ultimately it's really school leavers and people who are thinking about their next steps who've got no knowledge of 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 the industry or or maybe they've got some knowledge through maybe their parents or uh, limited knowledge and we've really got to get in early to to influence um but i think I think where these things work well, and I don't think it's any one company or any one person who is going to, you know, really move the needle. I think it's that collective group. If, as we, when we make good market change, it's because there's a collaboration of market forces together. This is the same. You know, this requires the strong collaboration of all of those players to think about what are, what are the optics of this industry. What's the PR program we need to run and actually put some effort, money, resource into it to actually running it as an industry? So we've got collective input and we run a program. I think that that point on collective input is so important. And I feel like we're getting better at it. But individually, if we work in, obviously, every little helps and comes together. But that collective is so important. And you touched on the sort of um, school leavers and and the young talent coming in. There's another talent, which, um, well, you you were part of that talent, actually, is, you know, the returners. I feel like we don't tap in enough returners or even people just transitioning in because we know there is a shortage of the future leaders and as much as the young talent is great for them because they're going to be able to progress much faster there is a shortage and especially for women female talent at the moment um you know between 30 and 40 we lose quite a lot of that talent and there's still a bit of a stigma around returners that they don't necessarily get um as fast progression as they probably should because they have that experience. They they have a gap, but they have that experience. Um, and I feel like that's a marker that we, we're not tapping into enough yet. No, I mean, I think what you're referring to, if they are that age and have potentially um, uh, left the industry to, to have children, they have what they refer to as the motherhood penalty, which is where you actually can uh, look at the look at the stats, which are staggering. I haven't heard of that one. Oh, that's, no, a, that's a I'm good term. I'm going to check that out. It's, <laughs> it is. It's. It's. I mean, it's. It's horrifying reading because the science speaks for itself. Um, in terms of how much women drop in terms of salaries, career opportunities, and then how they never get that, and 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 how it's pretty flat line for. Um, sort of for male for males in the industry but the 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 females um and that's probably um not being fair because a, a number of men do take parental leave and do are returners um but so that we but we're talking you know 
I'll send you I'll send you the research around that. But I think what you're absolutely right. So it's not just young talent we need in this industry. It's about reskilling because we've got a huge amount of people that are in the industry but need to adapt to a digital world and need to be digitally fluent and and understand the the data and and the power of what we can do and the tech that's coming in and the the AI enablement. You know, it, we're moving into a new world, so we all need to be reskilled. Um, but I do think there's probably a big group of 30 to 50 that either have left and, and uh, returned or we could be bringing from other industries who want a second career um, and they will be bringing the, the fresh perspectives of having worked somewhere else. And we can be teaching them the industry part. You know, I think uh, we labor very hard around everyone in the industry must have this industry experience. And actually, you know, you only get it when you're in the industry and a lot of it can be taught. So the things that can't be taught are maybe how you, you know, or what our industry needs to learn is how you successfully smash out a digital transformation program. You know, they've done it in other industries to so bring in that, bring in that resource and let's learn from them and stop thinking we can only hire within. Yeah, complete, complete agree. And and that sense, you will see that quite a lot, isn't it? I mean, you 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 are often part of a big digital transformation, bringing your products in, um, and there's so many transferable skills there. Yeah, we we're very um, we're very aware. Uh, you know, we the the, the founders have got deep uh, insurance specific knowledge. Have worked in the sector for you know twenty plus years. We've got some. Um, very, very good domain expertise. But then we've brought in, because we're a software company, we've brought in very smart people. They might, you know, be developers or sit on our DevOps team. Um, and we'll teach them. We'll teach them about the industry, but they're bringing the tech skills and and then others are bringing the, the softer skills. So I think it's about, um, I, I think also there's an element of uh bringing neurodiverse um, teams together. So I know we've talked a lot about the male and female split, important. There's the age um, split um, and there's there's definitely other um, demographics that are important to, that we need to challenge ourselves on. But I think, you know, we've got quite a neurodiverse community at SEND and that serves us very well. That serves what we're building uh, and that serves our customers very well. So I think it's about being brave and thinking about who you bring in around not not the historic pattern of who you've always brought in because that's not necessarily always worked for you so what can you do that's different so so true and and you touched on a very important point that so many people miss out on diverse talent in your team means you can serve your customers better because your customers are diverse and not only the uh, the current customers, but the future customers, right? Because you get to reach out to far more audience by being diverse. Yes, exactly. And it, that's what I mean. It tie, tie it back with the business impact, with the commercial impact. And then you get to get, then I think you're in a different place around thinking about um, the changes you need to make. I, I completely agree. And, and, I've really enjoyed all these tips. There's so many tips. I I often mention this whilst we record. I have this thing called Mark Clip, which is kind of marking the, the key takeaways. We are on 19 okay. because there's just so many. I'm like, oh, this is a great tip. This is a great tip. So I really, really appreciate it. Um, 
Sarah, I've, I close this podcast always with a question. Thanks to insurance, being in the insurance industry, part of your career, what have you been able to experience that you maybe wouldn't have otherwise? Um, so I met my husband. That was <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I met him on my first day at exchanging. Um, uh, I think. Um, there's some there's some really brilliant friendships I've got and formed and um and still have. Uh, I've done a huge amount of travel and I've been lucky enough to go to um, to Europe and North America and, and still do still do with Send. Um, but I th- I think broadly it's the fact that I've been able to um, transition a number of times um, to get to the point now where I feel. I actually am at a very good point in my career working for a company I love, but it's, it's when I look back, it's that journey along the way that you don't know how it's going to end because you're living it and you don't know the decisions you're making if they're right. But when I look back now, I think actually this industry has really served me well to learn and grow to get me to the point I am today. That's that's so so beautiful, and I agree that transition piece is so powerful, isn't it? And it's unspoken, but often actually the the great opportunity within insurance because you can transition from one to another, which is great. Yes. Well, yes. thank you so much for joining me, and I I couldn't be more happy that this is a part of Send sponsorship as well. Um, there's we have quite a few more episodes coming and some really really exciting guests um yeah. i'm recording one more guest actually on friday for the next for the following week um but i will i i'm really excited about this so thank you so much and thank you for sharing Likewise. your story as well thank you for thank you for creating the show sandra and giving them uh, i i think what you do differently is is you um, you're focused. You're focused on celebrating women in insurance, but you're showcasing the variety of roles, and you're also giving tips on careers, on talent retention, and you're helping to frame insurance as a career of choice, not chance. And I really love that. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Help me to share these stories with as many people as possible by rating the podcast and sharing episodes on your social media platforms. Remember, this is a podcast for you, so your opinion matters to me. If you have any recommendations on comments, please get in touch. Don't forget to follow the podcast on social media at 100 Women in Insurance to find out about the upcoming releases, guest spotlights and top career tips. See you in the next episode.